This is the Intimacy Podcast, formerly known as Bedroom Confidence for Good Women. You are listening to Bedroom Confidence for Good Women, Episode 31, Selfless Sex. Welcome to Bedroom Confidence for Good Women, a podcast for my sisters who need some clean sex talk. It's all about real issues, real answers, and real connection. I'm your host, certified intimacy coach and instructor, Rhonda Farr. While this podcast is not rated explicit, some content may not be suitable for younger listeners. Hey everybody, how are my sisters today? Thank you, thank you for those of you who are taking the time to leave me a review on iTunes. I keep seeing a couple more pop up here and there, and I love reading them. It helps me feel more connected to you. Sometimes our relationship feels a little bit one-sided when I'm the only one talking over here. (laughs) Seriously, though, I love hearing from you. So thank you to those who have done that. And if you haven't, feel free to jump on over, pause the recording, or pause this episode, and just leave me a little message. Let me know what you're thinking. Is it summer break at your house yet? Summer break has officially begun for the Farr family. We get out of school pretty early here in this area of Tennessee, but my kids actually go back to school pretty early also. Usually they begin sometime in August, which I think is kind of fun because we get out a little bit early, and by the time they go back, we're usually all ready for that too. (laughs) But my point in saying this is, if you hear some screaming, crazy sounds, noises in the background of my podcast over the next couple of months, please know that it just means my kids are present. I have a home office, and it works really great most of the time, but when those little boys are all home, it can get a little bit cray-cray. So I hope you will understand. Speaking of crazy little boys, I have this one little guy who loves to catch things and keep them. (laughs) I'm talking about living things. Here in the South, we get these amazing little lightning bugs, They're super fun for the kids to catch, and they're actually just now starting. I'll see a few here and there. Um, Do you know what those are, by the way? I think some people who are not from this area call them fireflies. Anyway, they light up, and they're really beautiful. Uh, You can look out into the trees, especially when it's really dark. We live in an area where it gets really dark at night, and it's really pretty. It looks like Christmas lights on display. So sometimes my kids will catch a jar full of those, and sometimes they bring them into the room at night. Super fun. But one of my little guys who's super obsessed with catching all the living things, he even catches bees. I have seriously found bumblebees and honeybees in mason jars. He's super sweet and pokes a hole in the lid and usually tries to give them flowers and food. (laughs) I've even found worms in little Tupperware containers. One time there was this nasty funk in our room. I found a small little Tupperware container full of rotten, rancid, stinky worms. Last week, we had a crawl dad in a bowl. And this next one, seriously crazy. I was walking to my house from the back porch area, and I saw one of those typical mason jars with the holes punched into it, and I saw a bird in the mason jar. Seriously, you guys. (laughs) My life is never dull. I should probably be writing all this down, but hopefully the podcast will suffice as my record for it all. Do your kids do crazy things sometimes? Ugh, please tell me I'm not alone in this house full of boys over here. (laughs) All right, let's get into it. 
Today, we're talking about selfless sex or self-sacrificing sex. Doesn't that sound sweet and loving? Many of you might think it's a sweet way to approach your physical intimacy, but today I want to challenge the idea that selfless sex is actually a benefit to your relationship. Listen, when you're more worried about your partner's experience and his opinion of your performance than your own enjoyment and satisfaction, that seems really noble. But I don't think that it is. I believe it causes resentment and dread And a lack of intimacy. What? What's the problem with doing it just for him, Rhonda? (laughs) Well, let's talk about it. Let's take a look at what this might look in your marriage. Let's say you're exhausted. You've been dealing with kids and work and the house all day long. You're ready to just fall in bed and zone out for a little while. Your husband, on the other hand, is giving you all those signals that he wants a little loving. You know what the signals are. Maybe he's got that look in his eye, or maybe he's touching you in that certain way that he does when he's up for some physical affection. Now, in this moment, you have to make a decision. Are you going to go through with this despite how you feel, or are you going to shut him down? The starts start rolling in your mind. I'm just so tired. But I know he wants to do it, and I think I'll just do it to make him happy. If I don't do this now, he's just going to keep on bugging me. Ugh, I know he expects it, so I'll have to do it. If I don't do it, he'll be cranky. This is what I'm supposed to do as his wife. This is what a good wife should do, right? Maybe your thoughts aren't exactly like that, but you have something going on in your head. You're trying to decide. Now, let's say that you are in this moment and you're able to go ahead and push through those feelings and you are making it to the physical act itself, right? So you decide to go ahead and do it for him. Now, your brain starts going through the thoughts of, am I doing this right? Is he enjoying it? Will he get what he needs out of this? I better do it this way because I know this is how he likes it or I'll just go along with whatever he's asking me so he'll be satisfied I don't want to ruin the moment for him, so I'm just going to follow his lead so we won't be disappointed. Have you ever had any thoughts like that? Maybe they're not exactly like those. I'm just using some thoughts that I've heard my clients use before. There are times in every relationship, for sure, when one partner wants to take care of their partner and see them experience pleasure. That's totally fine, you guys, and it's normal. But there's a difference in genuinely wanting to show up for your partner and feeling obligated to show up for your partner and show them a good time in the way that only serves them. Can you see in one scenario, you try things your partner wants because you want to do it too. It's something that makes you excited or happy or helps you to feel love toward him. In the other scenario, you feel obligated. You have to do it for him or he'll be cranky. You have to do it because that's what he likes and expects. You're only focused on his pleasure and not your own. Now, as you know, most relationships have a partner that would be considered the high desire partner and one that is considered the low desire. The high desire partner doesn't experience this sense of obligation so much. They're usually very excited and happy to show up for their partner when they believe their partner is into it, okay? 
So the high desire partner doesn't have a lot of thoughts and feelings of dread and despair. They're just like excited. Yes, let's do this. Especially when they believe their partner is into it with them. The low desire partner, on the other hand, often feels like physical intimacy is a burden and an obligation. By the way, just so you know, sometimes it's the women who are the higher desire partner. So just insert yourself into whichever role you identify with most for today's purposes. If you do consider yourself to be a low desire partner, please go back and listen to my previous podcast, How to Create More Desire. I think you will find it to be insightful and helpful. Even if you want to understand your partner who is a low desire, that episode will be super helpful. Okay, so why does it matter if one partner feels obligated to have sex? If they're willing to go through with it, isn't everybody happy anyway? No big deal? Well, that's not usually the case. I want to talk a little bit about how one person feeling obligated to give this selfless or self-sacrificing sex can actually throw the balance off for the total experience. So, go back with me in your mind to that place. Sex has been proposed. One partner starts to have all the thoughts. Let's just get this over with. How can I get him off my back for another week? I know what he expects from me, so let's just get this done. When we start to have thoughts like this, my sisters, it will probably lead us to feel obligated, frustrated, resentful, something like that. And when we approach sex with these thoughts and feelings, we sometimes do go through with it, okay? But we're also dreading it. We're resenting his desire and his advances. We're self-conscious. We're all up in our own heads during the whole thing. You know what the result of all that is? We get it done. We do it for him, but we get nothing out of it. And we perpetuate a negative association with sex, leading to even more sexual frustration and lack of connection. If you're approaching intimacy this way, can you see why you never feel fulfilled and close after physical intimacy? It's a vicious cycle. I hear women in this situation say they just don't understand why they don't desire sex like their husbands do. I know why they don't desire it. Because it sucks for them. (laughs) They totally neglect and ignore the possibility of actually enjoying sex for themselves. It becomes a dreaded chore that's only for their husband. So let's take a look at the same scenario from the perspective of the higher desire partner or the initiator. Again, sex is proposed and the higher desire partner starts to read all of your cues. The thoughts then start. She doesn't really want this. She's not into it. Why doesn't she want me like I want her? Why can't I figure out how to satisfy her? She just does this out of obligation. This is just out of pity for me. There's nothing in it for her. Yeah. So when he has all of these thoughts going on in his head, it leads him to feel hopeless or sad or perhaps even rejected. When he feels this way, he may still go through with it, oftentimes for some physical relief, but he will doubt himself. He will doubt your attraction to him. He will feel that he's failing you or even that he's a burden on you. The result for him is that he may get his physical release but there's no real satisfaction or fulfillment. He feels just as disconnected as ever. Now, he feels unfulfilled 
and you're frustrated because you're trying hard to keep him satisfied. Can you see? Nobody feels good about this. Nobody. Selfless sex seems like a logical answer and a quick fix. I get that. But can you see how it's actually causing you both to feel further apart? More disconnected from each other? Some of you are saying, but Rhonda, this doesn't apply to me. (laughs) I genuinely don't want to have sex every time my husband does. And sometimes I happily just do it for him. It works for us. I don't feel resentment that you're talking about. Absolutely. If you're happy to do it and you do it out of love and service to your husband, that's great. If you've made up your mind that you won't always both be in the mood, but you're totally fine with compromising because you love and care about each other, you'll likely feel willing and compassionate toward him as you follow through. I have for sure done that before in my marriage, and I know that my husband's done it for me too. We do it because we want to do it for our spouse. See how that isn't self-sacrificing? If you want to do it, you won't feel the resentment and obligation that leads to that disconnect I mentioned earlier. So, how do you make this shift? It really comes down to understanding each other, changing our thoughts about ourselves, our thoughts about our partner, and about sex in general. When we simply understand our own desire and our partner's desire from a neutral emotional space, it gives us the room that we need to figure these things out objectively. Most of us think that a great satisfying sex life will just come easily and naturally in a loving marriage. Sometimes this is the case and it works out, but oftentimes, I would say most of the time, this is not the case. For most of us, it takes effort. Are you ready to put in the effort? (laughs) If you've been listening to my podcast for a while and wondering what my one-on-one coaching program is all about, if you've been wondering if it's something that could finally take your marriage to the next level, make sure you email me for your free call to see if I can help you. Coach with Rhonda at RhondaFar.com. All right, my friends, I want you to go forward with confidence this week that as you start to both understand yourselves more and start to understand your partners more, you can figure this out. You can figure out how to stop the disconnect that comes from self sacrificing intimacy. Don't do it, it's just not worth it and it doesn't serve your marriage well at all. I'll talk to you next week, my friends.